dudes, this is the big game. I'm Justin Hargett. This week, the big game is all about the big fight. Floyd Mayweather taking his undefeated streak at 47-0 against Manny Pacquiao, one of the most exciting boxers of modern history. The two are going up against each other to put their welterweight titles on the line. Mayweather, the holder of two, Manny Pacquiao, the holder of the WBO championship. This was a match to determine the best pound-for-pound fighter of this era. Many have argued that this fight took too long to book. Four, five, six years ago would have been these two fighters in their very prime, and honestly given Mayweather more of a challenge than Pacquiao did this time around. Many people said that Mayweather's defensive style of boxing would bore the millions of people who purchased the $100 pay-per-view. And I think they are probably right. I think we should have heeded their lesson. One of those people, in fact, was our guest, Daniel Blinn, trained boxer, a big fan of the sport, and whose writing has appeared in The Ring magazine. We talk about the fight's hype, the result, and we preview a bunch of upcoming bouts that'll happen in May and over the rest of the summer that new fair-weather boxing fans should check out if they want to stay on the fight train. Get your pencils out. Take some notes. I had to. Hey, Dan. Welcome to The Big Game. Hey, thanks, Justin. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on. Uh, it's especially good for me, an amateur boxing fan, to have somebody that's a little more knowledgeable about the sport to come on and really break down what had to be the biggest mainstream fight since, you know, for me, Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I don't even know if I'd say it was a mainstream fight. I'd say it was a mainstream flop, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, well, so so the hype really was off the charts beforehand. Uh, Birdman was there. Batman was there, or at least one of them. Uh, Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones was in the crowd. There were... Uh, World-class tennis players, basketball players, boxing legends, um, Jimmy Kimmel, the, the Burger King guy, Justin Bieber. It was, it was really, really nuts to kind of uh, to get sucked into the hype of this fight. Um, and it was also like a record-setting financial windfall for both the fighters and for Showtime and HBO. So I just kind of want to get like, where did you watch the fight and how did you experience it? And and do you wish maybe you'd done it a different way? Like, did you order it yourself or did you go to a bar? So let me, let me first tell you, you know, uh, the plan was to order the fight uh, uh, at my house through Comcast. And like, uh, you know, thousands of other uh, folks, you know, probably more than that, um, across the U.S., um, I, had, I had a hell of a, hell of a time getting the fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were a lot of, a lot of issues. And so... As it, as it turned out, I wound up uh, going with a couple of buddies to a, uh, a bar, paying a $20 cover, only to find out that, in fact, Comcast was able to resolve the issues. And so I paid 20 bucks for about three rounds of the uh, Lomachenko fight on the undercard. Oh, wow. So I wound up actually walking, yeah, watching, uh, watching at my house with a couple of buddies. Yeah. Well, I, uh, f- for me, I went to a bar in the neighborhood here in L.A., and it was a $25 cover. Uh, which, you know, it wasn't too bad, but I was kind of hoping, like, I had I'd mistakenly made plans for 9.30, thinking that, you know, the fight would have started by at least 8.30 West Coast time. 
Uh, and then when it kept getting bumped like further and further back, like I missed round nine because I was in a taxi. And then I watched <laughs> rounds 10, 11, and 12 in the uh, lobby of a karaoke bar on like an illegal Filipino stream. So it was a it was a pretty unusual experience for me watching this fight, you know, like eight rounds in high def and then three on like really choppy internet access. But everyone everyone was talking about it. everyone was watching. So what yeah. did, what did you think of the fight? Well, you know, I thought I thought the fight went kind of as I thought it would when the fight was announced. Um, you know, both of these fighters are still you know in, in the top five, top ten pound for pound best and. Certainly, Mayweather, I think, has solidified his, his status as uh, pound-for-pound best. But, you know, Mayweather fights are not exciting fights. He's a technician. He's a genius in the ring. But he is not a, you know, Arturo Gatti, blood-and-guts warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and so I knew it would be kind of a boring fight. I suspect it would be pretty even for the first six rounds. And, in fact, I had it... Uh, after six rounds, I had it scored three rounds to three. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, Mayweather always adjusts, and he, he learns, he takes away his opponent's uh, biggest asset. He and Bernard Hopkins are both like that. They're just masterful boxers. Um, and, you know, and it really is a science. It's a sweet science, and, and Mayweather exemplifies that. Uh, you know, it was, it was a letdown of a fight, but I was prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was one of these fights where, you know, given the hype and the amount of money everyone was making and, you know, the folks in attendance and, and all the hype surrounding it, you had to tune in. But I knew it was going to be a bad fight. And, you know, it, in that regard, it didn't disappoint. In fact, you know, the first undercard fight was the best fight on the, on the, on the whole uh, broadcast. Yeah, I missed the first undercard fight, but I saw the second one. But the second one wasn't all that interesting. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah so... It, it for me like this like according to like living up to the hype or whatever this like felt like everything that the wwf you know the world wrestling federation ever wants to be is like people talking about like this ultimate good guy and this ultimate bad guy even if there are like so many more shades of gray between these two boxers but like this match didn't have the catharsis that like you know a staged wrestling match would have you know there was no i mean yes there was a clear-cut unanimous winner but to the average observer, it was pretty difficult to kind of see much of the difference between the two. Although I think I could certainly tell that Mayweather seemed in control. Like he was always, he was never really affected by what Pacquiao was doing. Even when Pacquiao mm-hmm. was like landing a flurry of punches at him, he was just kind of defending, defending, defending. And I know I, you know, I read a couple articles beforehand that said Mayweather's a defensive fighter, so it's probably going to be boring. But I think if I'd maybe been a little bit more familiar with his his past, you know, one of his other forty-seven victories, um, I, I mm-hmm. probably would have would have expected exactly what you did. Yeah. So the the thing with both of these fighters is, if you look back at their, you know, Mayweather hasn't aside from a sucker punch KO of Victor Ortiz back in I think it was maybe two thousand nine, he hasn't had a legitimate knockout since Ricky Hatton in December of two thousand seven. Mm. And Pacquiao hasn't had a knockout, had a knockout period since uh, late 2009 over Miguel, Miguel Cotto. Mm-hmm. Um, so neither of these guys is is like a guy you can expect to just steamroll anyone else. I mean, they're they're not at that stage of their careers anymore. Mayweather arguably was never there. You know, he he wins on points typically. So 
you know, that, that's why going into it, I kind of figured it would be a pretty boring technical fight. And, you know, that's exactly what drives people away from boxing. I mean, one of the, one of the best fighters in the sport is this uh, Cuban named Guillermo Rigondo. He's, a, uh, he's, he's in the light, lighter weight divisions. I think he, he might be a flyweight um, or a, a bantamweight. I forget his exact weight. I think it's 122 or 100, 125 or so pounds. But, um, you know, he's a technician, but his fights are so boring no one will buy his fight. <laughs> he's one of the best there is. I mean, top the top rank won't even won't even put him on cards. They can't promote him. Yeah. Well, you know what? This it reminded me a little bit after the fact. I kind of started thinking about it. Is you know, uh, Chelsea just won the Premier League title last week, like very easily, very very, and and everyone was chanting on the road, "Boring, boring Chelsea." And I'm thinking like, ah, yes, that's exactly what Floyd Mayweather is. He's boring, boring Floyd. Yeah. Well. You're, you're talking to a big Arsenal fan, so I refuse to uh, acknowledge anything about Chelsea. But yeah, they are, you know, they they are pretty boring. But you know, they're effective. They win, and that's you know that's the name of the game. The well, the can, can you describe a little bit for for the more layman fan what exactly it was that Mayweather was doing in the ring? I mean, he had his hands up a lot. He would kind of duck and counter a lot, and he landed percentage-wise a, a lot more punches than Pacquiao did. Is that pretty much it, or is there a little bit more to it there? There's a little more to it. I mean, his strength is his defense, and, you know, he, he does he has this Mayweather shoulder roll, so he can roll with the punch, and, and his father, actually, as a fighter, was known for that, too. It's just a very effective uh, defensive means. But, you know, there, you know if, if you buy into kind of the conspiracy theorists or – or the excuse makers, you know, there's a, there's possibly a problem with uh, Pacquiao being at full health. Right. I think he had like a rotator cuff uh, uh, or an injury in his, in his rotator uh, cuff. Supposedly, he was like not allowed to have a, a cortisone shot ahead of ahead of time or something. Right. Uh, you know, and and that's what you know. You start you start seeing this stuff after fights. You know, you see the conspiracy theorists saying, "Oh, you know, Mayweather found out about it and." Um, and uh, got the uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission um, <laughs> to, uh, to deny the shot. You know, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, the Nevada State Athletic Commission is actually a pretty good state commission mm-hmm. um, as far as boxing goes. I mean, boxing, you know, it, it's a sport I love, but it is incredibly corrupt. Mm-hmm. So I take a lot of this with a grain of salt, but there is always that, like, ring of truth to it. Um, but, you know, he... Uh, you know, Pacquiao only landed 19% of his 19% of his shots, and he threw very few, very few uh, punches in the round. I think he was his average. He averaged six landed out of 35 thrown around. Yeah. You know the the blueprint, and there's not really a blueprint other than perhaps uh, Luis Castillo's first fight with Mayweather years and years ago. There's not really a blueprint that anyone has discovered to beat Mayweather. Mm. But the closest the closest anyone has come, in my opinion was last year in the first Maidana fight. And Maidana threw upwards of 100 punches around, just overwhelmed him. You know, and that was kind of the expectation. If Pacquiao was going to have a shot, he had to throw a lot of volume of punches, and he just didn't do it. I mean, that's, that's the brilliance of Mayweather. He lulls people to sleep in the fight at his pace. Yeah, it looks like I'm looking at the CompuBox stats, and it seems like, you know, between the two of them, Pacquiao threw... Basically even, but slightly more power punches, whereas Mayweather threw uh, way more jabs. 
Um, is that mm-hmm. kind of what factors into the scoring? I mean, does it does it help Mayweather that he's throwing a lot more jabs and maybe is you know able to inch up that percentage on on hits? Yeah, well, you know, judging in boxing is kind of it's it's very subjective. So, you know, someone can push the pace um, but be less effective, or or perhaps land more jabs, but the other guy has more effective punches. Mm. It's a very subjective thing, but. You know, it's not that stat is not surprising to me. Mayweather is a taller fighter. He's smart. He can fight on the outside, and his jab, his his, you know, the length of the length of his arm from uh, you know armpit to uh, to 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 wrist, you know, to fist is, is much longer than Pacquiao. So, you know, Mayweather is not a not a not a not a strong puncher. He's got very brittle hands. Mm-hmm. So, you know, working the jab is is to his benefit and. Pacquiao, to get, he had to get in there. He had to take a punch or two to get in and close. Yeah, which is where he would theoretically be more effective. He wasn't, but that was that was, you know, theoretically the game plan. Well, so what do you think he had to do more of? Because uh, there are a couple of clear rounds. I think it was the fourth round and the sixth round that Pacquiao definitely won. Um, he, I know, in the fourth round he got a good shot on Mayweather, and then he also had him up against the ropes. But what I thought was interesting is when he had him up against the ropes. You know, Mayweather had his you know hands in front of his face and was kind of like you know shaking it off like it was no big deal, uh, but then Pacquiao just kind of like stepped back, like he had him, but then he just kind of <laughs> stepped back and let them like walk back to the middle of the ring. And I thought that was an interesting choice because it did seem, you know, if this was to be a, you know, a like a point-based boxing match, then you know Mayweather was going to take it, and maybe Pacquiao needed to be more aggressive, and that was the point maybe where he just should have kept throwing until he broke through. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's it's, it's easy to think that, uh, you know, especially, you know, throwing punches for for a couple, even for a couple seconds, is very difficult. But, um, you know, I'm sure Pacquiao was thinking, you know, in the back of his head, probably a little bit of the old Foreman Ali rope dope. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to punch himself out. Yeah. But also, I mean, one of Floyd's strong points is he's a counter puncher, and if if Pacquiao got in there and wailed away, he would open himself up to a Essentially, devastating uh, power punch coming back as the counter. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, you know, uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised that he backed off. You know, his having said that, Pacquiao's strength was clearly pushing Floyd to the ropes, and and that's where, that's where people can get in on Floyd is is when he when he lays on the ropes a little bit. He did that a lot in the first Maidana fight, and you know that's where he gets into trouble uh, because he can't use his feet as effectively. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's one of his strengths, but. You know, it would have been for Pacquiao to have won. He really had to probably double or even triple up, triple the output uh, in his punches, and you know, push Floyd into the ropes. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a, he's a much stronger puncher. Even though Pacquiao is naturally the smaller man, he's a much stronger puncher than Floyd Mayweather. That's interesting. And, and what do you think it comes down to, like why he might not have been able to execute that game plan? Is it? You know, he's he's getting up there in age, even though he's two years younger than Mayweather. Or is it, you know, maybe the losses on his record or a sort of intimidation factor? It, it, it probably could have been all of the above. I mean, you know, both of those guys are, are pretty old in the fight sport, although Pacquiao's got a lot more uh, shopware than Mayweather, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, once you... I, I think it, this, this happens in a lot of sports. There's this kind of, like, shell shock... Uh, 
that once 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 you've gotten knocked out like Pacquiao did against uh, Marquez in their fourth fight or fight, you know that's always kind of in the back of your head. You know, you know I, I you don't want to open yourself up to that, so you fight a little more tentatively than you otherwise would. Yeah, it's kind of like um, you have your glass jaw until it breaks, right? Exactly. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And and, and and there have been a lot of fighters out there uh, like that, you know, who are just these have these incredibly heavy hands, but just don't have the chin to match. So uh, after this match, Mayweather unified three of the welterweight belts, and I know he holds um, another belt or two up a division, up a couple pounds. And yeah. uh, so it sounds like either he's going to vacate those titles soon, or if not, then you know, his next fight will be his last and either he keeps them or he loses them. But ultimately, they'll be vacated, you know, in the next six months or so. So, you know, who should we be watching in this division, you know, in the next six months, in the next year that will take over this place? Yeah, so first of all, I've heard I've heard kind of these rumors that Floyd's going to get rid of his belt, um, just vacate them anyway, going into his last fight. Supposedly, the last fight, which is the last on his Showtime contract, is going to be his last before he retires. Having said that, Floyd Mayweather has a, uh, a habit of retiring and coming out of retirement. And, <laughs> you know, assuming he wins the next one, he's got he's tied the re- Rocky Marciano's uh, 48-0, uh, I'm sorry, 49-0 record. Right. Um, so, it, you know, I, I could see him just as a pride, you know, as a matter of pride, coming out of retirement, fighting that 50th fight. Um, and winning to have the new record. I think that matters to him. But the, the welterweight division is not loaded as it has been in the past, at least not with a lot of young guns. I mean, you have, there's a guy who fights out of uh, Clearwater, Florida, named Keith One-Time Thurman, who is trained, uh, I forget his trainer. Um, his trainer used to train a guy named Winky Wright. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he, he is a uh, young fighter. He's undefeated. He's got um, strength in both hands, but he's got a very high ring IQ. Um, I could see him making uh, waves around the welterweight division. You also have Tim Bradley, um, who, you know, he's, you know, ranked typically around the third or fourth spot currently in the welterweight division behind Mayweather and Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he could take over that division, but he's, He's got soft hands. He's not a he's not a knockout uh, puncher, and you know he's been exposed in the past. I don't see, I don't see him as being a major player, you know, for the next four or five years. Did he win Two a decision guys. against Pacquiao? Was that right? Yeah, right. but you know that was you know that was one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. <laughs> and I you know I I think most people would agree. Even Mayweather would agree that was yeah. a horrible decision. Um, so I don't put too much stock in the fact that he beat, uh, he beat Pacquiao. Um, and, and in fact, when they had the rematch, uh, Pacquiao won decisively. I think, I think he took all, all the rounds except for one on one judge's card. <laughs> um, there are two other names that, that I would keep a watch out for. Um, they're, they fight in a lower weight class, one or two weight classes below, actually one weight class below. One guy fights out of Omaha, Nebraska named Terrence Crawford. He is uh, very slick. He's very, very. Uh, he's got good punching power, and he's got a high uh, ring IQ. Uh, and he is. Uh, he, he was, I think, the fire of the year, maybe last year, maybe two years ago. But this guy is definitely on the rise. Terrence Crawford. 
Um, in fact, if, if I had if I had my uh, my way, I would have Mayweather fight him next. <laughs> I think he could he could I think he could do he could at least do as well as anyone else out there against Mayweather. And yeah. I don't think there's anyone out there who could beat Mayweather right now. Yeah. Um, not not of that weight. There might be one guy who would have to come down, or Mayweather would come up, and it'll never happen. That's Gennady Golovkin. Um, another name to uh, um, to watch out for in the welterweight division in the next couple of years. Uh, Lucas Matisse, an Argentine slugger. Um, he's got a couple losses on his record, um, very disputed losses in two of the three cases. Um, but he's an entertaining fighter. He's an all-action fighter. Uh, he's got some decent footwork. I think if he uh, if he hooks up with a, a better trainer, he could become better in the ring. But nonetheless, uh, he's a good guy to watch. And then you have you know the Amir Khans and Danny Garcias out there. I don't think that they're going to do much at the welterweight division. Um, Amir Khan has kind of campaigned there for the last year or so. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see him. He's got a glass chin. I don't think he'll uh, sustain. Mm-hmm. And Danny Garcia has just had, he had a tremendous uh, 2013, but he looked horrible in 2014 and not great in 2015. So I, even though he's undefeated, I don't see him making waves at welterweight. It's just, you know, it's not that's that's going to be a division that's going to be a little little light after Mayweather and Pacquiao go. Well, so that kind of leads me to something we were talking about off the podcast that I'd like to bring up, which is, you know, following boxing can be pretty intimidating for the casual fan just because there's so many, you know, there's a plethora of divisions. Um, you know, classically the the heavyweight has always been kind of the big mainstream fight. Um but it, it seems harder and harder to kind of f- find, you know, which fights are, the, are actually the big ones, like which are the important ones, and also where to watch them. So, like, how would you recommend one kind of get into the sport of boxing? And also, you know, aside from, you know, welterweight, where do we go now after Mayweather and Pacquiao? What divisions do you think might be the most interesting coming ahead? Well, there are some good fighters. Um, I, 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 I think... You're right. That, first of all, let me say the heavyweight division is horrible. You know, it's it's just there's no talent there. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm probably a top twenty heavyweight in the world, and I, I haven't even had a, a, an amateur <laughs> or pro fight. So, you know, you and my that, grandma take that where you will. Um, but you know, the heavyweight division is uh, horrible. Um, you know, where I where I see some interesting matchups and some really good fighters are in the light heavyweight division mm. and around the middleweight division um, or super middleweight division, you know, 100, 100, 160 to 168 pounds. And what's interesting is, you know, you look back, uh, you know, kind of before Tyson reestablished the heavyweight division back in the 80s, and you had this, like, the four horsemen of the middleweight division, which I think was the best of the time. It was Hagler. Hearns, Sugar Ray Leonard, and Duran. I think you might start seeing that again. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, this guy Gennady Golovkin is just tearing up 160 pounds. But there are a lot of guys around those weight classes. You know, they're in the 160 to 168 pound uh, range. You know, who you could put together some interesting fights. You know, one guy out there who everyone talks about uh, as being a pound for pound best is a fighter named Andre Ward. He campaigns at 168 pounds. But he is chronically inactive. You know, he's had a lot of disputes with his former promoter um, that have been uh, ironed out through a settlement. Uh, he's now with, I think, Rock Nation, um, Jay Z's uh, organization. Yeah. Um, 
he's got a uh, fluff fight coming up, but he could, if he gets active again and he gets some good fights, I think there's a lot you can see there that would be entertaining. Um, beyond the, and, and, and like I said, light heavyweight with like Sergey Kovalev and Adonis Stevenson uh, and some other fighters up there is an interesting division too. You know, there's also a fighter um, in the flyweight division uh, named Roman Gonzalez, and he is a fighter who has uh, flown incredibly under the U.S. radar. He's, uh, I forget where he fights out of, but he has, he's only fought maybe one other time in the U.S. He is 42-0 as a flyweight with 36 uh, knockouts. Mm-hmm. That is, flyweight, um, you know, is, is a really lightweight class, and you don't see a ton of knockouts. So when you see a 42-0 record with 36 knockouts, wow. it's pretty impressive. Yeah. He's got a fight coming up in two weeks on the undercard of the uh, uh, Gennady Golovkin uh, Willie Monroe fight in LA. Uh, I think it's May 16th. Definitely worth watching. That'll be on free HBO. So tune in and watch that guy. I think he could be an entertaining fighter to, to keep an eye on. All right, that sounds yeah. I, that you you've sold me on that fight. You should be uh, you should get into the promoting business. <laughs> yeah, talk, <laughs> talk to my wife. um all right dan well uh that that's it for uh the big game mayweather pacquiao big hype edition um thanks so much for coming on the podcast my pleasure thanks for having me all right everybody thanks for listening to the big game subscribe on itunes subscribe on stitcher leave a review if you like what you hear check out our new website biggamepod.com listen to all our past episodes and drop me a line at jethro target on twitter stay tuned for more next week on the big game Mm -hmm.